You're listening to a podcast from 702. Joining us on the line now for our food feature. Good morning, Anna. And are others better than others? And uh, should other people and spaces and species, plants or not, be more protected and more respected than others? Good morning. Hello, hello. Well, um, you know, I think, you know, humans in general have this sense that they are somehow of a completely different order to all other living beings. Mm. So that, um, you know, and it's got, this is a particularly a Western problem, you know, that I think in the East people have been sensible for a long time about, um, you know, the extent to which we're all part of one system. Mm. But in terms of eating, um, I think that we are much more comfortable eating things that we think are not like us. So that um, we feel that if a creature can reason and make decisions, then it has rights not to become lunch. But that, Like a dog um, or a cat. Exactly. Or that, you know, most people in South Africa will say that they would struggle with the idea of eating a monkey. Because mm. um, it's got little hands that look like us and it exhibits behavior that's like us. But a lot of people would be quite happy eating a cow or a chicken. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, vegetarian and vegan thinking is based on the idea that if, if an animal is sentient, then it has rights, that it's off limits, that you can't eat it if it can feel. Um, but, you know, what's happened recently is there's a whole lot of research that suggests that plants are capable of doing all sorts of things that we once thought were the exclusive preserve of animals. So, you know, there's all sorts of research that says that plants can learn, that they can remember, that they can make decisions, that they can engage in complex communication with other plants, um, and that they're capable of doing things. For instance, there's a, a woman researcher in, in Australia mm. who's discovered that plants can essentially um, exhibit classical conditioning. So they, you know that Pavlovian, the Pavlov's dog experiment? Yes, yes. Um, well, <laughs> plant, pea plants can do that too. If you ring a bell and the bell is advantageous um, to uh, the plant's growth in certain abstract ways, the plants will learn to associate the bell uh, with an advantageous situation and they will grow towards the bell. So, um, and then they will remember that. Um, so pea plants are certainly capable of engaging with all sorts of sort of complex associative learning behaviors, that they can communicate plants, that they have this language of smells and their underground root networks and fungal networks um, mean that they have this whole kind of internet thing going on um, that mean that they can communicate with each other um, in a way that's very similar um, to language and memory, essentially, mm. that plants can recognize kin, so they can recognize um, plants that are, are cl- more closely related, and they can choose to share the information that they learned um, from past experience um, with their kin. So plants are capable of being mean, that they can choose who to share valuable information <laughs> with. Yes. So all of those are qualities that up until very recently we thought were people qualities, but yeah. surely if nothing else, like being mean and choosing not to share mm. learned information is the thing that we most closely associate with our own species. So and is there what, an ethical way to consume things? 
Because now yeah. all of a sudden I've got to worry about the fact that this plant I'm consuming can breathe, can think, can have feelings. Can remember. Yes. Can 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 communicate its its <laughs> emotional state with other plants. Yes. Um, can choose to do that or not do that. Well, you see, the interesting thing is this that there is now a whole sort of um, plant philosophy debate around this. And actually the Swiss constitution um, which says that um, the Confederation, namely Switzerland, will take into account the dignity of all living beings. Yes. Has engaged with the issue of what does the dignity of plants mean? Partly because of genetic engineering, you know, that, that yes. is what Monsanto is doing yes. to mealy plants, uh, an affront to their dignity apart from, you know, we've mainly engaged with it is how does it impact on on humans? But, you know, that, that it, it's, it, it's an affront to the plant dignity. So... The Swiss constitution and these plant philosophers have come up with a theory that says that it is ethical to eat fruit and leaves because those are non-essential. That if you pull a plant up by the roots and it dies, then that is, is an affront to the dignity of the plant and it, and it is unethical. Wow. That if, the plant, if you consume a plant in a way that causes that plant to die, that's a problem. But if you, as long as you don't over-harvest uh, for instance, so um, so a carrot would not be something we'd be consuming if we're thinking of the dignity of living things, because we then cannot guarantee that we can bring it back to life because we've completely well, taken the dies. roots. Yeah, we've taken exactly. the roots. Exactly. But if you eat falafel, falafel, there's delicious falafel. Um, I had a lovely kind of falafel in a pita at a place called Tetemari in, in Ilova this week. Yeah, falafels made from chickpeas. Chickpeas are plucked as pods from a sort of bushy plant. That plant stays alive, and in fact, it quite likes you to pick those yes. those pods. Yes. Okay. That um, so falafel is just fine. You can have falafel for your lunch. Um, <laughs> that you can have that, that Yasmin and Heart of Yesport, the Yasmin farm stall, the windmill there has beautiful msoba jam. Now msoba are little berries that the main plant, as long as you don't over harvest, the main plant doesn't mind. It's not affected by their removal. That. At the Amuse Cafe in Linden, once a week, they have a vegan dinner okay. that's run by um, that lovely chef, Amit Ra. Okay. Now, he makes a rum and chocolate cake. Okay, so and now the rum is made of? Well, rum is obviously made of sugarcane. Okay. And I, I went and I had a look, and as I understand it, sugarcane, you cut it back. Yes, yes. You don't pull it out at the root. That's correct. So... The plant can then just grow back up again. Mm-hmm. Um, that chocolate is made from a seed. Yes. Again, as long as you don't over-harvest, you and, and, and the plant can share. Mm-hmm. Um, so a rum and chocolate cake, um, especially a vegan one um, mm-hmm. at the Amuse Cafe, is completely, yeah, that that's, that the universe is not going to be badly affected on any level by that. But, um, Does it mean I can't have yeah, my beetroot? I think that the, 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 the dignity of beings is impacted by you having beetroot, um, would be my sense. But then there was... <laughs> so no, no, Pamela, no beetroot. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. This I, is a conversation, though, we need to be having. So the dignity of all living things should be something that we have in our subconscious, really, on a serious note. 
Exactly. And, you know, how is it that we've been so arrogant that mm. we, you know, we started off as people who thought that the earth, that the sun revolved around the earth, mm. that then we thought somehow in terms of evolution, what, what we had done as people was quite different from other animals. And now, you know, of course, plants are living things with dignity, but how did it take us so long to engage with this, especially when large parts of Asia have always understood this, and and many traditional African cultures as well have understood that we're part of a, a kind of broader living no, being, and that we it's that, a network. No, no, that's very true. And you also have to. So I spend a bit of time in Asia, and uh, I am so so conscious, Anna, of killing a living thing. Right? Because yeah. of the dignity of living things. Just in case I come back as a fly. Just in case. <laughs> in my next life. Tomato, yes. or, you know, wine is also, you know, I think that the vines actively enjoy you taking the grapes off. Yes. You know, that, um, yes. But, but then there's another researcher who's found that if you play a recording of a caterpillar eating leaves to a plant, then the plant starts, so there's no actual caterpillar in the room, but the, the, you can hear the chomp, chomp, chomp noise. Mm-hmm. The plant starts producing defense chemicals. They hear. So what I want to know is wow. if we all go to the Moravastat taxi rank yes. and we buy Mopani worms, okay, yes. which are actually, they have more protein and iron in them than biltong. Mm-hmm. They are enormously good for us. But are there then um, Mopani trees all over Limpopo who, who we're making really happy? You know, if, if they think, okay, good, ha, we've taken out some of the enemy that's going to come and chomp us. So, you know, are there situations in which the plants would be actively encouraging us to eat the animals? So in the case of um, what now people are calling Mapana worms, which are actually caterpillars, what's the right. ethical thing to do? Well, I'm not sure. But look, they are foraged and they are not... Um, if you were a vegan, you would say absolutely not under no circumstances. But you will make the um, Mapani trees in Limpopo so happy. happy. Yes. <laughs> but they're part of the ecosystem. Yeah. And it's a seasonal ecosystem. good for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I think maybe if you want to be absolutely certain, you should do nothing but go to the Amuse Cafe and eat rum and chocolate cake. But that's the only thing you can eat with absolute certainty as a, a good deed. This is a fascinating, fascinating conversation. And then, then I don't know what kind of a conversation then you have your, with your children about what is ethical and how to respect living things. Because now obviously we've expanded their understanding of living things, where the boundaries okay. are. And surely it makes sense in any vision of the universe to say that if you over-consume in any way, you know, that, that if you pull all the leaves of a basil plant, for instance, it will die. Um, that that, you know, you just, you visually you can see that that is not a good thing to do and that you can apply that to all areas of your life. That, mm. you know, all things in moderation and that to assume that everything around you has dignity is a decent way of approaching the world. And actually, thinking about it now, is kind of the core message of what Madiba is saying. He's just saying, remember that all living things have dignity and that when you treat them badly, it, it hurts. And would you like people to do that to you? And if not, don't do it to other people. So if we take this a bit step, a step further then, Anna, if, apart from picking what to eat, which 
is okay, like <laughs> things like seeds and, and leaves and so on. I think right. another step would be overconsumption. Even if you're eating the right yeah. things, we're just not aware of the damage we're doing to the plant um, by over-consuming stuff. How many times do you have people throw bread in the bin, for instance, when you know mm. every single week that you guys only consume half a loaf, not the full mm. loaf, but I'm not given the choice at the supermarket anymore to buy half a loaf? Mm. Well, you clearly live in the wrong place. You know, yes, no, 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 live true. in the northwest. In the northwest, we, we, we get half loaves. Really? Yes. No, yeah, but in all ways other than, like, um, the fact that we have no viable political administration and potholes, we are infinitely superior here in the Northwest. No, 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 but to be quite honest with you, and I had this conversation with a friend who was loathed at the fact that every single week, if there isn't somebody else to give this bread to, really, the bread's going to go off because this person lives alone and they would love the idea Mm. of buying half a loaf, Mm. but nobody's selling half a loaf anymore. And it's just about saying, you know, let's be a bit sort of mindful of the way that we interact with the universe. Yeah. Um, and it's so obvious, and yet it's so difficult mm. um, because selfishness is clearly, you know, in all things, including plants. Mm. But let's assume that, um, you know, the plants are would also be, um, you know. Happier. Be out, out there being, you know, not sharing resources. They're, they're also trying to keep the resources for them and their immediate family. That we're all, we are all equally nasty, um, mm. but those of us that are better at being nasty, and I think humans are enormously good at being nasty, should try and be a bit mindful of the dignity of all other living things. Oh, Anna Trapida, always lovely chatting to you. Anna Trapida, who's an anthropologist and a chef as well, who happens to also be a contributor on the show. And uh, that is fascinating. You will find all that information on the 702 website.